In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today, the Church commemorates Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And we call them our fathers, the Patriarchs. Patriarch is actually Greek word. Patri means father. As we say, Zoxa, Patri, glory to the father. Ark means the head. So, Patriarch means the head of the fathers. And because Abraham, Isaac, Jacob are the heads of the Israel, so we call them the Patriarchs. Also, they are not the head of Israel according to the flesh, but also they are the fathers of the spiritual Israel. Israel means the people of God, the people who entered into covenant with God. So, and St. Paul in his letter to Romans explained that the true Israelite is not the one who actually according to the flesh is born of Israel. But the true Israelite is the one who actually is a son of Abraham by faith. Son of Abraham by faith. Who had the faith of Abraham. Who did the works of Abraham. As the Lord Jesus Christ said, if you are the children of Abraham, do the works of Abraham. So, the Christian now, who entered into the new covenant with God, are the new Israel. Thus, these fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, are our fathers by faith. We are the children of Abraham, not according to the flesh, but by faith. These three fathers were unique in their faith, unique in their relationship with God. Abraham is a man of faith, and he is called the friend of God, the friend of God. Abraham, when God called him to leave his own family, his own country, his own land, and to follow him, Abraham obeyed. Although, as St. Paul explained in Hebrews chapter 11, he obeyed God not knowing where he is going. It was enough that God told him, follow me. And Abraham left everything and, and followed God. And Abraham actually lived all his life in tents. A symbol of he is a stranger. He is a sojourn on this earth. He did not have a permanent dwelling place on earth, but he is in a journey, a stranger on earth. That's why in the consecration of monks, we read three prophecies. The first one is the calling of Abraham from the book of Genesis. As if we are saying, as Abraham left his life as a stranger, so also the monks should live their life as strangers here on earth. As Abraham, when he was called, he obeyed 
not knowing even where he is going. In the same way, the monk, actually when God called him, he should follow not knowing where he is going. Also, Abraham, his life was very, very connected with altar. Where, wherever he goes, he built an altar and offer sacrifices to God. And the altar is, symbolizes actually life of prayer. So Abraham, two main things in his life. He left his life as a stranger and he left the life of prayer. That's why, as I told you, we read his calling in the consecration of monks, because monks should live their life, the life of prayer and the life of estrangement. Also, his faith, when God actually told him, through Sarah, you will have son. Although Abraham was 100 years old, Sarah was 90, and according to the natural law, they cannot have any children. But he believed in God, and God considered this faith righteousness for Abraham. He counted this faith as righteousness for Abraham. And he believed that God can create from the deadly womb of Sarah life. So Abraham actually believed in the resurrection of the dead because the womb of Sarah was dead. But from this deadly womb, St. Paul explained and also in his letter to Romans, from this deadly womb, God can create life. That's why when he begot Isaac, he called him son of laugh, son of joy, because he was a source of joy to his parents. Then when Isaac grew up, another test to the faith of Abraham, God asked Abraham to offer Isaac as a sacrifice. And this test is very, very hard. We know, all of us, that children are very, very, very precious to their parents. So, to ask a father to take his son, the son of the promise, the son that he waited for hundred years, to ask the father to take the son and to offer him a sacrifice was a test. And, of course, in Judaism and Christianity, human sacrifices are not acceptable. And God was just testing Abraham. God will never accept a human sacrifice. But this was a symbol. Abraham represents God the Father. Isaac represents God the Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. So, God wants to demonstrate to us in a prophetic way how the father did not spare his son, but offered him as a sacrifice on the cross. So he used the example of Abraham, who actually is willing to offer his son as a sacrifice in obedience to God. And as Isaac came back alive, in the same way our Lord Jesus Christ rose from the dead. But St. Paul explained how Abraham was so sure that even if he slaughtered Isaac, God will raise him from the dead. 
That's why he said to the two servants before climbing the mountain, he told them, we will go and worship and come back to you. We come back to you. Both of us will come back to you. How you are sure that both of you will come back? St. Paul explained this in, again in the letter to Romans. He said, as Abraham believed that God from the deadly womb of Sarah, he can create life in the same way, even if Isaac was slaughtered as a sacrifice, as God raised Isaac from the deadly womb of Sarah, he is able actually to raise him from the dead after being slaughtered. So Abraham was a man of faith, a man of faith. He believed God and this was counted for him as righteousness. If we speak about Isaac, Isaac was a man of righteousness. He was righteous. He was doing everything right. That's the word righteousness. When Abraham told him, God want me to offer you as a sacrifice. Because Isaac asked his father, where is the lamb that we will offer as a sacrifice? And Abraham told him, God chose you to be the lamb. Isaac at that time was about 15, 16 years old. A youth, strong. And Abraham was 116. A very old man, feeble and weak. So it was very easy for Isaac to hit his father and to tell him, no, you are not going to kill me. And actually, if you want to push his father and to kill him, he would be able to do this. But Isaac was a righteous man. He obeyed God and willingly submitted himself to be a sacrifice and God waited until he was tied and Abraham placed him on the altar and definitely 116 years old cannot carry a youth 16 years old to put him in the altar so I can imagine that Isaac by himself agreed to climb on the altar and to lay down, waiting to be slaughtered. And the angel of the Lord waited until Abraham took the knife to slaughter his son. Then the angel told him, don't touch your son. Don't touch your son. And this also a symbol, how our Lord Jesus Christ offered himself willingly. Willingly. And he submitted to his father by his own will. He said in Gethsemane, let it be according to your will, not according to my will. In total submission for the joy of the salvation of the world. So Isaac was a righteous man. Even in how he chose his wife, actually, St. John Chrysostom, in his book, Marriage and Family Life, he is using the model of how Isaac 
chose his wife as a model for all the youth who are considering marriage. Samson actually fell in three mistakes in the decision of marriage. Number one, he chose one stranger from his faith. Number two, he did not listen to his parents. Number three, he actually chose his wife based on physical attraction. He said to his father, she pleases me well. And he did not listen to his parents. Isaac, on the contrary, he did not fall in these three mistakes. When Abraham sent his servant, Reazar, to choose a wife for his son Isaac, and we see Isaac not involved at all, as if it doesn't belong, yeah, this matter is not about him. And Abraham said to Isaac, if the lady or the young woman refuse to come with you, don't choose a wife to my son from the daughters of the Canaanites. Don't choose a pagan wife. Don't choose a wife not from your faith, not from your religion. This opposite to Samson. Number two, Isaac. We never saw him contradicting with his father or contending with his father. He obeyed his father. He obeyed his advice. Isaac did not, although Isaac at the time was 40 years old. And he did not tell him, no, if the woman did not agree, I will marry any other woman. But Isaac did not do this. Isaac obeyed his father. Also, Isaac did not know his wife until Eliezer brought Rebekah from her family and brought her to Isaac. So the, the choice was not based on physical attraction, but the choice was based on she is from a noble family, a religious family, righteous family, so she will be a godly wife. And God blessed Isaac and Rebekah. If we come to Jacob, Jacob also was a righteous man, the father of the fathers, because he is the father of the 12 tribes of Israel. And it is enough that God said about Jacob, I loved Jacob, I loved Jacob. Jacob was a man of prayer and persistence in prayer. All of us, we know the story when Jacob came from his uncle Laban and was going to meet Isu, his brother. And he was afraid from this meeting because he took the blessing of Isu by deception. He deceived his father Isaac. So he was afraid. And on the way, he met God. God appeared to him in the form of man. And Jacob actually contended with God and told him, no, I'm not going to leave you until you bless me, until you give me blessing that when I meet Isu, you know, this will be a peaceful meeting. And he contended with God all night, all night. 
And this actually an example for us in prayer, how we should actually fight with God in the right way. And we, we say like Jacob, I will not leave you until you bless me. You bless me and you bless my family and bless my children. I am here actually to receive blessing from you, not according to my worthiness, but according to your love and your mercy and your generosity. So we can see here Jacob contended with God and at the end God blessed him, blessed him and he gave him a mark uh, when he hit him on his thigh and Jacob was limping. To remember this fight, to remember this is spiritual struggle. Many of us, we don't struggle in our prayers. When we feel bored, we don't pray. When we are busy, we don't pray. When we are tired, we don't pray. But can we have the spirit of Jacob in contending and fighting with God to receive blessing every morning? We don't leave our homes without receiving this blessing from God. Every day we meet Isa in our life. We meet people who are threat to our faith, threat to our children, threat to our morals. That's why we need the blessing. As Jacob got the blessing to be able to face Isa, we need this blessing. Also, these three fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and, and Jacob, the Lord was pleased to relate himself to these fathers. When he appeared to Moses, he told him, I am the God of Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Jacob, which means how God is proud of these three fathers, how he loved them, how he appointed them as patriarchs. So God actually, uh, like a father or a mother, a parent, take pride in their children. God, he actually pleases him to relate himself to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to say, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's why the church commemorate these three great fathers, these three great patriarchs today as a commemoration for their holy life, the righteous life, the life of faith. So if we are the children of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and we are their children as explained in the beginning by faith, we need to live according to their life. As the Lord said, if you are the children of Abraham, do the works of Abraham. So let's have the faith of Abraham. Let us do the works of Abraham. So indeed we'll become children of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.